You're listening to The John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. Time to talk football with Ricky Thompson, presented by Alliance Bank of Central Texas. Here's the voice of the Bears and Aaron Sexton. Back with us, John Morris Show on a rainy Thursday here in Central Texas. We are live at City Ranch Boot Company. Jay Kelly here and uh, open open for business right now that we open till six tomorrow 10 to 5 the big veterans day sale comes up on saturday 11 to 3 jay says he'll be here whatever time you want to come on saturday morning welcome in now ricky thompson our sideline analyst as the bears get set to uh, go to manhattan kansas tough place to play there bill snyder family stadium baylor in kansas state comes up saturday afternoon at two ricky how you doing this afternoon well, doing good. I'm glad this weather is here in Waco, and it's supposed to be sunny and 60 in Manhattan Saturday. <laughs> Which is pretty nice, isn't it? Reach uh, mid-November uh, and think about that. Absolutely. Uh, you, that can go either way, and I think we hit the lottery on this one. <laughs> that is true. Before we talk about K-State, let's go back to last Saturday, uh, Baylor and Houston. Bears uh, just scuffling along, but then second half, fourth quarter, you know, tied the game, forced overtime, scored first in overtime. I thought had, you know, a little bit of momentum there in overtime, but, you know, there's a reason that uh, if you win the toss in overtime, you, you uh, choose to play defense first, and that worked in Houston's favor in the end. Yeah, it sure did. I I think even going back to getting to overtime, remember we're fourth and 17 and Blake picks up 20 yards on a scramble of all things to mm-hmm. uh, for Houston to give that up. That's a backbreaker. And then we go down and score, did a tremendous job of struggling offensively all day and then putting that drive together to get it to overtime, then scored fairly easily in the, in the overtime. Then remember there's the – uh, I, it would either unsportsmanlike conduct or or a personal foul that right. puts Houston all the way back to the forty. Just, I mean, if you're going to start in overtime, you score quickly, put the other guys at the forty. They've got to go forty yards. They have to score a touchdown. I mean, you take that every time you go into overtime. Absolutely, the perfect start, and just couldn't hold them out. Yeah, you thought things were really, you know, in Baylor's favor there when at first they weren't going to march off any penalty yards uh, on that penalty, and then the officials kept talking about it and finally said, no, back them up 15. So they start, instead of from the 25, they start at the 40, and uh, but Houston still found a way into the end zone. Well, they did, and then I think we had talked some about it in between on commercial breaks and said, if they score, I bet they go for two. And sure enough, they did. Uh, I hated to see that because I thought that they really had a good chance of that. And and even the call, I don't think that surprised any of us. They split us out, took our linebackers out on the inside receivers and the slot guys and nobody in the middle. And when you got a quarterback that's 6'5", 245 uh, and can run, that's a pretty tough play to stop him on that draw. Absolutely. And like you said, it really wasn't a surprise. I mean, I think everybody, um, everybody watching, everybody that was there, and certainly our coaches knew, you know, watch the quarterback, account for the quarterback. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know if there was confusion getting the call in uh, in time, but I know 
with that, uh, it didn't surprise our guys, and I think they just mis- misaligned, and I don't know if that's call not getting in time or they just lined up wrong. But I can promise you the intent What was not to have the middle of the field that wide open for that quarterback because they knew it was coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Baylor now has uh, no margin for error. They did have a slim margin for error as far as reaching six wins to be bowl eligible. Baylor would have to win out now to get to six wins, sitting at three and six. And that's a tough task when you think about at K-State this week, at TCU next week, and then home against West Virginia on the 25th. Yeah, it really is. And I think uh, if the Bears did that, uh, there's some – that would consider that a miracle. I don't know that you'd go quite that far, but that would be a really tough road. And particularly this first one at K-State, we've been there many, many times over the last 20-something years. And I think this team now starts to remind me of what they were like under Snyder. You mentioned him at the start. And I think they went through a, a... Oh, what, eight, nine years there where they struggled a bit and uh, started when we were up there two years ago climbing, I guess, maybe his first year or second. And we won that game 20 to 10. Didn't realize it had been since 2017 since K-State has beat us in Manhattan. Uh, That was surprising. But this will be a tough one because they're playing like the OK State teams, great up front on both sides. Uh, just solid offensively, don't make any mistakes, great special teams, and really all of those areas, particularly the guys up front where we've struggled, and they're they're great on both sides up front, maybe the best offensive line we've played all year. Which is tough because, you know, one of the, one of the basics that Baylor likes to do and most teams like to do is run the ball and stop the run. And, boy, we've just really struggled in those areas this year. Well, we have. And I, and I think uh, that's, as I just mentioned, that's K-State's strong point. Stop the run yeah, and run yeah. the ball. So, man, this is a tough, tough task when, you're, <laughs> when the two things you struggle with mightily, and there have been a bunch of them, not just two, but <laughs> those two are the primary ones. And this is a team that excels in both those categories. And I think – that may be why you see a 20-point spread on this, which we've learned before. Sometimes those can be meaningless when you get into a game and get going. And sometimes it just takes a couple of plays to flip a game in the right direction. And we've talked about that. Some point, somewhere, John, we've got to get a fast start. And we say that every week. Yeah. But, man, when you're on the road, even more so, it's important. If you could just break something big early, and maybe get a lead and push this game into the second half, and you never know. You just never know if you get late in the game and, and you're in it on the road because really then the pressure's on the home team. I think when it's close late, there's a lot more pressure on the home guys. Ricky Thompson with us, our sideline analyst, former receiver at Baylor. And, Ricky, I hate that uh, Keetron Jackson, don't know about his status this week, but he missed last week's game in concussion protocol. Boy, that's a guy it would sure would be nice to have on the field because he's such a weapon. Uh, he really is. And I think those last couple of games were really – we were seeing him come into the receiver they thought he would be. Uh, I know against Cincinnati up there, remember early in that game, uh, Blake just threw the ball up. And sometimes a quarterback needs to do that. Keetron ran the deep route, went up, made an unbelievable catch with two guys on him. 
which I thought both of those guys interfered with him, not just one, and he still yeah. made the catch. <laughs> and I tell you what, the catch he made when he got hurt against Iowa State, unbelievable catch because that that yeah. guy nailed him with his shoulder pad right in the face, in the helmet. Of course, got the targeting call, but uh, they got the best end of that, though, losing your, your best guy outside. And then, of course, didn't have him last week, and I, I think that made a difference in that game last week. So, Really need to get him back. Don't know what his status is, but I hate that for him, too, since he was really starting to play well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and those receivers, you know how Presley's out with the broken ankle. But there's some guys there that are capable. I know you know that receiver position really, really well. But like Monterey Baldwin is very, very capable. He's a game changer, really. Uh, Armani Winfield, there's so much talent there. Uh, there. There are some guys there, even though Baylor's a little more shorthanded at receiver than they have been. Yeah, I think so. And And part of that... The difficulty there has been, I think, we've struggled up front offensively. Uh, Blake threw for 300 yards in one ball game, I think, really 325, 330, and he was sacked seven times. I think that was Tech. Still yeah. threw for 320, 330. So uh, the passing game's there if we can get some protection and the receivers have to step up. And uh, these guys are talented. I just think it's a matter of really early in the season. We hadn't been able to get the ball to them. And with that, sometimes their confidence will lack as you go through the season. You don't get catches and maybe one or two thrown your direction the whole game. It's hard to get into a rhythm, kind of like a running back. I mean, those guys seem to get stronger the more carries they get. Well, receivers are very similar to that. The more, the more balls you get thrown your way, the more comfortable you get, the more into the game you get, and – make that first catch and then the game really slows down for you. And I just think we've struggled to get to that point with them. Yeah. You mentioned the running game. Uh, this freshman Dawson Pendergrass, uh, it sure is fun to watch. I mean, when you need some tough yards, he's turned into the guy, even as a true freshman that gets the ball. Yeah. And who among any of us thought he would play as much as he's played so far. And, Thank goodness he has because he's the one guy that can move the pile with him. And he takes offensive line, defensive line. We've seen a couple of runs where it ends up, it seems you've got 10 guys around this one guy and nobody's going down. They're just continually moving and he's in the middle of it. Uh, Such a strong kid, really good vision. Uh, I, I just think he's got a chance to be really, really good. But uh, obviously we need the advantage of those speed backs to go with him. And I think Richard Reese has really struggled running inside with uh, the uh, blocking that he's received so far. But remember last week they put him at the slot as a receiver and then handed the ball to him on the reverse coming around. And he got outside and had a good run. So they're trying to figure out ways to get him the ball. And if he can do that, then you may even – see more success out of Pendergrass and I think Dominic Richardson is a guy that can run the ball well but obviously they have to have help up front as well and had Richard Reese uh, returning kicks that was a nice move I thought on Saturday yeah I thought that was smart I really thought it was of course Mm -hmm. most times they were kicking it out of the end zone but I thought that was really smart to get him back there with some room to run Uh, they timed this kid last year at 22 miles an hour and 
That just sounds really fast, doesn't it? <laughs> but he, he can fly. He's got the ability to break it, and and is a tough kid. So I think returning kicks is perfect. I hope they've got him back there again this week, and he gets really a chance to to grab one and take off and see what he can do with it because just a little bit of room, and he's a guy that could take it to the house. And I guess last time we've seen that, uh, Tristan Ebner probably. Uh, and right, I think right. that was against Iowa right. State, remembering that really close game that that ended up being the difference in that ball game ultimately. Yeah, very much. All right, let's go to Manhattan, see what happens on Saturday. Thanks for the visit. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you Saturday. All right. Thanks very much. Ricky Thompson, he'll be on the sidelines for us on our broadcast on Saturday, along with J.J. Joe up in the booth. We'll be in Manhattan, Kansas, Baylor and K-State on Saturday. Noon for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. It's a 2 p.m. kickoff Saturday right here on ESPN Central Texas Television. We'll be on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. So that's the next challenge for the Bears going into uh, the home of the defending Big 12 champs, the Kansas State Wildcats. Take a break and be right back in just a moment. We're live at City Ranch Boot Company. Roger and uh, Noah Helsher just came in. So they're uh, cruising around the shop looking at uh, what Jay Kelly has available here. Good to see them. We'll tell you about the uh, great sales that are going on here and wrap things up in the 2 o'clock hour. When we come back, stay with us. John Morris Show live from City Ranch Boot Company today. 10267 North River Crossing. It's on Highway 185 just off Highway 6, that's where we're located. It is City Ranch Boot Company, and we'll be back here live right after this.